sometimes I spend too much mental energy comparing myself to other people and mm-hmm. I think it's really good to just uh, not to doubt whatever you're doing and not to feel pressured by like ideas of what you think you should be doing and just trust your trust yourself you're listening to the gangstar creative podcast where we talk and share real strategies real tactics and real stories from me and my badass guests to help gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life and i'm your host Ivana. i'm an artist creative entrepreneur speaker and best-selling author are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist if so let's get it So today's Gangstar Creative is Stephanie Butari, and she's a Canadian-Egyptian artist and designer. She was born and raised in Bahrain, and she came to Canada in 2005 for her post-secondary education, completing her bachelor's and master's degrees in architecture at the University of Waterloo. It was during her master's thesis that she gravitated back to her roots in art, exploring urban art and murals as a medium through which her thesis focused on the role of architecture's outer surfaces, both historically and in the contemporary urban environment. Stephanie pursues her passion for the arts full-time as an independent artist and designer living and working in Kitchener-Waterloo, Ontario. Some of her gangster accomplishments include appearing on the cover of a number of local magazines, also being awarded a huge grant last year to create a large public mural in Kitchener. She's also had the opportunity to create beautiful murals inside some local startups such as Shutterstock and Shopify. And she's painted many, many, many murals indoor and outdoor in public spaces. So definitely go check out her artwork. It's super dope. And in this episode, we're going to be taking a behind-the-scenes look of how she's able to create a successful mural business. So let's jump into the episode. All right, we got Stephanie Butari here. Girl, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Just, you know, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay away from this coronavirus (laughs) stuff happening. (laughs) So you're in LA right now? I'm actually, uh, I'm in San Diego. Sorry, San Diego. Well, California. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Southern California. And you are in Canada, right? Yes. It's a lot colder here. (laughs) (laughs) What part of Canada do you live in? Um, I'm in Southern Ontario, um, sort of like I'm sure you know Toronto, so I'll just describe where mm-hmm. I am relative to Toronto, um, about one hour and a half west in another region called Waterloo Region, smaller group of cities called Kitchener, Waterloo, and Cambridge. So that's the kind of area oh. I'm in. Yeah. That's cool. Well, well yes. actually, I live in the country, but like just like a short drive from those cities. <laughs> oh, okay. So you get to have like that nice piece surrounding, peaceful surrounding, but then if you need to, you know, get into the city and stuff, it's not really that far of a drive either. So that's nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it took some adjusting at first, but I really like it. <laughs> that's cool. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm um, just a little, little bit of insight for our listeners. I met Stephanie at a really cool conference called the Not Real Art Conference, um, which I'm actually sad about because it's supposed to be next weekend and I got canceled because of the stupid coronavirus and I was going to go again. But anyways, yeah, I met her there last year and she was wearing this really cool shirt. Um, I can't remember (laughs) what was on your shirt, but I was like, it said something. Do you remember what yeah, it was? Yeah, it said by it said by art, not followers. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, that's cool, that's dope. And then yeah. um, I t- 
talk to her and it was kind of like my window to talk to Stephanie and then we kind of like connected during the breaks and even afterwards at like the little after party thing and we've been just following each other on Instagram and stuff and her work is so cool and phenomenal it's colorful she does a lot of geometric stuff she does murals she's just all around badass creative which is why she is here today um sharing her story and tactics and strategies with you guys that are listening. So Stephanie, if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who is Stephanie Batari and like, where did you start and where are you today? Sure. Um, So I'm a muralist. Well, actually just artists overall, but most of my work is murals. Um, Right now um, I've been doing it full time since 2017 sort of halfway through the year. Um, I was Before that, I was working at an architecture firm. So that was my background before. I went to school for that and doing interior design, architectural design. Um, however, I always loved art. Like, since, like as long as I can remember, I just mm-hmm. never thought it could be a career. So I kind of just, it was just something I did for fun um, on the side, just like drawings, paintings. Um, and then I got into murals while in school for architecture. Um, we were given an opportunity, you know, for our thesis to kind of just have complete freedom to explore anything we wanted. It didn't have to necessarily be about building specifically. And that's kind of, you know, at the time I had already been in school for so long because it was like the end, you know, of grad school. Um, I was really missing art. And then actually, I don't even know how I discovered <laughs> like street art, it just became this thing that, you know, it came to my attention. Uh, I remember um, finding out about Mad C and I'm like, who is this goddess? And like, I was just so inspired by her. And then I, that's how my obsession with murals started. But obviously I had no experience working at that scale at all or using spray paint or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and I was still in architecture school, um, but I found a way to kind of weave that into my thesis and um, there was this building right across from the school that looked like the perfect canvas. Um, so I tried to, like I Googled, I found out who the owner was um, and asked him if I could paint his building. And I was really lucky that he was nice <laughs> and said, sure, like I didn't have any portfolio, anything to show him. He, but he mm-hmm. kind of was like, oh, this is an opportunity. I'll get art for free. And, you know, he's already had issues with people tagging the wall and stuff so we thought that Uh, might be a deterrent yeah so and then so then I kind of came up with a design and I was really excited and then I figured out how much paint I need and I'm like wow okay I don't have this kind of money like I was a student right so um, (laughs) then I I asked him if he could cover my paint costs and luckily he said yes so I was like oh nice yeah but then um I needed a scaffold so I went to Kijiji, like my husband and I were like searching, he found this, uh, you know, used rolling scaffold that was pretty cheap, like considering how useful it's been, um, like it was like $600 or something. So we're like, sweet, let's get this, like who knows, like it'll be useful later. So we invested in that and then, um, and that's how it all started because that was the first mural and it was, it took me forever and I was learning, like teaching myself how to spray paint. Like I. I panicked, like I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but, um, you know, but as I did it, it got better and better. Um, like I felt more comfortable, you know, and then, mm-hmm. um, and then actually 
the, I started it really late in the year, so it was getting cold. So I actually had to stop halfway through the mural and continue it like when this, after the spring, which was kind of brutal. But oh, wow. but it was all like, um, I learned from that anyways. And then the owner was so happy with it that um, he ended up hiring me to do a proper, like much larger wall and a paid job after that. And um and actually, before he hired me for the second one, another person saw the mural and kind of connected me to his boss, who was a developer, um, who got me to do my, that was, I guess, my first paid, officially paid job. Mm-hmm. After Yeah, so then. Um, when was this? What year I, was this? Oh, so this was, so I was in school. This was in 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was still studying at the time, um, mm-hmm. and I graduated that year. Yeah, so it was like sometime 2014, yeah, and then I graduated like the end of the year, um, and then and then I went to work <laughs> for an architecture firm. Um, so it was like I had done, so by the time I graduated, I had done a few murals. Um, I had done that first one, um, and then the one for that developer. And then I did one in a, as a sort of like a temporary one as a gallery installation as part of my thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then I kind of left that world. I'm like, that was fun. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't say, I didn't Back to like, real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I had this uh, good opportunity, you know, this job in Toronto for this architecture and design firm. Um, and actually what I liked about that place is that they also created a lot of custom art and they had this, big shop with woodworking metalworking um so it was very hands-on and I liked it so I thought okay I'll just do this um and then you know while working there I had a couple of mural gigs so that first you know that first one the building owner had contacted me and then uh so then I would go work on it over the weekends so it was like in a different city so on the weekend I'd go and I work on the mural and I go back to Toronto oh, wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know like uh I feel like I can't I couldn't do that now like I feel like I yeah. don't have energy to do that kind of thing but, <laughs> how but, long was uh, that drive um uh, like an hour and a half oh gosh <laughs> yeah yeah but uh and then I had a uh, help for the like the really large one I basically hired my sister-in-law <laughs> to oh, cool. help me with that yeah um and that was yeah so that's how it started and then while um as I continued to work at the firm I had some more inquiries and then this was like I worked there for about two years or a bit more than that and then um and then they were hiring actually the funny thing is they were hiring artists to do murals (laughs) in some of the spaces that we were designing like Mm -hmm. you know for restaurants or whatever and then I was thinking like I want to do that like I was jealous of the people they were hiring I I like I wanted to do that more. It's not like I hated my job, but I wanted yeah. to do that more than what I was doing. And wow. then, um, and then a whole bunch of things kind of like started becoming a bit stressful, just the workload. Um, and uh, the commute was pretty long already because my husband had like, I was basically living a little far from the city because we were trying to find a place to live that was in between where I lived and where my husband, sorry, where I worked and where my husband worked. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like all these factors and then I don't know it was just finally I was just like 
I don't know why I took it as a sign, like my appendix burst. And I was just like, this is too much for me. <laughs> it Whoa. has probably nothing to do with that at all. But I, I, yeah, I was just like, I got sick and stuff. And I, I had like a lot of um, like uh, acid reflux, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I just felt like this is probably stress related or I don't know, yeah. I just took it as a sign. And then um, it was weird because I was very attached to the idea of being an architect for a long time. But, um, and I was always like fearing that like I would never do it or what will happen. But then when I finally like just let go of it, it actually felt like a relief. Like finally I'm doing what I want to be doing or what it, what feels more right for me anyway. Um, yeah. Wait, how did you let go of the, the, um, the job and make that transition? Oh yeah. So, um, well, basically I just, you know, gave my notice. Um, I gave a longer notice than usual to, so I could wrap up my projects. And then uh, I had already had a couple of inquiries at that point. So then, honestly, I can't remember what was like the first mural I did after that. I, there were there were a few that it was sort of late summer. Um, and then, so those, basically it's kind of been like, a, like every mural job has led to another one. So it's like the yeah. more I did, the someone would see it and then that would lead to another inquiry. And it's almost like the more I've done, the easier it has been to get new inquiries because it's like it sort of markets itself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the more the more there is, the more people see it. But um, there were times, though, where I get inquiries and they don't like amount to anything in the end. Like yeah. you know, they change their mind those. or yeah. The or yeah. So yeah, I mean, I learned that the shitty way a couple of times, but because um, you know, I wasn't confident in the beginning that anyone would just like pay me without knowing exactly what they're getting. Mm-hmm. So I would I would do designs for clients in order to sell them on hiring me like like they'd inquire and then i'd be like sure and then i come up with the design i didn't even tell them how much i thought it would cost because i didn't even know you know i was just so you like just so excited for the work, work. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so and then but then i stopped doing that and it's such a it's made such a difference when like after a couple times when i spent so much time working on stuff and then it didn't happen i'm like i can't keep doing this like uh, and then I, you know, I had, I felt like I had enough of a portfolio to start charging like a retainer. Um, and then in the beginning, the retainer was, you know, really low. And then I just slowly increased it as I have more and more of a portfolio because mm-hmm. I just feel like, okay, now I'm a bit more confident. <laughs> like they could see yeah. like, you know, I'm not just a, you know, question mark. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then it also weeds out the people that aren't serious or, um, you know, are not going to respect what I have to say or, you know, what I have to offer. So, yeah, so that, that's how, that's how things happen. Actually, in one of the first murals I did after graduating, or graduating, sorry, after <laughs> quitting my job, um, mm-hmm. that was really funny how that happened. So someone had a graffiti artist who I didn't know personally, but he sort of was familiar with a couple of murals I had done and he we had a mutual friend so we sort of knew of each other um he had a good connection with someone in the city of Kitchener and the downtown business improvement 
Association. They, uh, and they wanted to basically revamp this alleyway uh, by getting a few artists in there uh, to do kind of live painting. And then they had you know, music and food and sort of to turn that alley into a pedestrian patio kind of idea. Mm -hmm. So he suggested me to the person organizing that event. And so, uh, and it was just going to be like a one day paint kind of thing. You don't have to submit your design. You just do what you want when you're there. Um, while the event is happening, you have about four hours. I mean, it took me more than four hours, but, um, and you get $700. And I was like, you sweet, like, why not? Like, I need all the opportunities I can get. This will be cool exposure. But I totally yeah. underestimated how much exposure that gave me. Like, that really? just like propelled my self. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like, yeah, it just, for some reason, because there's so little of that in downtown Kitchener, mm -hmm. it just got so much attention. And like the amount of people taking photos of it on social media and then it ended up becoming they put it on the front cover of the magazine like the downtown kitchener uh they do a, every two years they do a publication and then mm -hmm. they put it on the cover so and then they featured me and interviewed so it was like i got so much wow. attention just from that tiny it was just like little like seven foot by 13 foot wall uh -huh. um yeah so i that's another thing like did you feel like, like that was the turning point for you? Like you, where you were Definitely. like, oh, like I, I made it <laughs> in a sense? Well, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if there's ever like exact, like I made it, but like, I felt like it was really encouraging. Like it, it really motivated me the most. I, I'd say it was mm -hmm. a big turning point for sure. Uh, it made me feel like, you know what? I can do this. Like, you know, like yeah. the, the, hesitation or it reduced the amount of kind of worry I had a little bit I'm always worried yeah, <laughs> but yeah. was that um, um was that a paid opportunity or they just like reached out to artists and then you came and painted and then yeah it was it was a the 700 dollars like for the day kind of thing so oh, you go okay. and yeah so it wasn't for me like a money maker it was more mm -hmm. like um, about meeting people, getting exposure. Um, but honestly, like, I didn't think it would give me as much as exposure as it did. So, and I found that with other projects, there's some projects I've gotten where it's like, oh, this client is going to be so great. Like, uh, like I have this idea or expectation and it didn't turn out to be the greatest client. And then, <laughs> and then vice versa, like a sort of smaller business but then they're a much better client to work with. They give you more creative freedom. And right. then that ends up being something I'm more proud of than my portfolio. Um, and actually that gets more attention because it's really allowed me to showcase something, you know, that's more authentic, I guess. Or not that I'm inauthentic in other things, but just, you know, when you're given more freedom, you can really just, um, I don't know, I feel like- Do what you, you want, more, experiment, yeah, put yourself into yeah. it. Yeah, and I feel like those end up being the most successful projects usually. That's that's been the case for me anyway. Yeah. So what you said there's some like clients where you're like, oh, they don't turn out to be like the best client, or and you mm -hmm. have like the smaller businesses that turn out to be good clients. Like, what can you share like a, a nightmare client story and like what you learned from that? You don't have to share who uh, they yeah. are, of course, <laughs> but like, just like yeah. what happened and like what you learned from it. And maybe our listeners can learn from that 
too? Um, hmm. I mean, there's been a few clients that aren't like perfect, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> um, I guess one of the nightmare ones was, uh, they were just so disorganized and like, I could, I should have kind of got a, you know how you can sort of get a hint of how people are or how a company is, yeah, you know, it's like a clue or something like a, an intuition. I mm -hmm. didn't see it because I was just so blinded by like, oh, like this could give me really great exposure. This is a great spot or whatever. Um, but I found that the client, like there was a lot of like management issues. And I find that when the people you're working for, or you're doing design for if they can't agree on anything amongst each other it, it just ends up they drag you into their problem um and also they kept trying to lowball me like we would agree on a price but then all well actually i mean they weren't too bad about lowballing me they were just like a little lowballing yeah that they were just still <laughs> like haggling you like <laughs> yeah like like a little bit but i mean i didn't like in the end, like I got what I wanted. It's mm -hmm. just, it wasn't worth it for me because of all the headache, right? Like this mural, that mural on its own for that price, fine. But they just put me through so much like mental stress just because <laughs> of how poor, poorly they managed the coordinated things like timing and then the starting and stopping I had to do. Cause that costs money. Like it costs time yeah. to like start and stop a project because their construction is not being dealt with appropriately. Yeah, I had that experiment too. <laughs> yeah. And then they would rush me too. Like, they're like, okay, now we finally, like, they made me wait forever, no response. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, you have to come oh, in. Oh, ready, like, come five, in now. <laughs> five days. Yeah. And then they tell me, oh, this wall is painted and I show up and it's not. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I had the same so experience. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then construction people coming in while I'm working, like, they, they said the space was done. And then mm -hmm. literally, like, I, I stepped out for a break. I came back. A guy was drilling a hole through the wall I just painted. <laughs> and like, then there's, like, dust flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was putting a pipe right through this, like, perfectly gradiented triangle I just did. Like, it's like, if I knew a pipe was going there, I wouldn't have put that there, you know? Mm -hmm. Man, yeah, sorry. just, like, wasted I just time. Ranting. <laughs> no. So I feel like, you know, at least... I had like a similar experience like that where it was like a new construction office and like yeah. I was yeah I had to like work while construction workers were doing stuff and like dust would like fly everywhere and then like I had to wait for walls to get primed and or yeah. I had to prime them or like you know and you had to yeah. worry about like the timing like oh they're working on that wall so now I can't work on it but nobody told me and I just drove like 30 minutes just to come here yeah and now I have to drive all the way back and it's just like you know the organ this like organization of it and I know for me like yeah. the one, what I learned from that is just like okay if it's like a new construction thing we got to set parameters on like I can only come when like for sure the construction people are done or like there's like a really clear like line of communication because um, yeah. I never want to go through that again what would you say like your kind of like lesson learned that <laughs> that you got from yeah. that was 
for for me it was definitely like to just stand up for myself like i i just said mm-hmm. yes to everything i just took it all and it's like mm-hmm. i don't need to like i shouldn't be afraid of inconveniencing anyone i i should have just said no i'm not coming in until the space is done like yeah put your foot down <laughs> Yeah, like, well, they put this pressure on me and I I felt like, oh, I have to, you know, and then Mm -hmm. now I'm realizing like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Or yeah, just to to, like stand, like just not to take shit from people, basically. I mean, sometimes I still do, but like, I think I'm much better. (laughs) I think I'm much better at at not taking shit from people now, at least. And I think, I don't know, the the more, the more confidence, like the more I do, the more confident I'll get, I I hope. well, I mean, I already have so far, so I'm hoping it just continues. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, how yeah, do you so. get? How, how do you get your clients? Um, how do you get customers or get your projects booked? Uh, well, usually they'll I get an inquiry like through my website, or they'll message me on Instagram or wherever. Um, uh, and then I, if if the place is built or accessible then I'll go for a site visit and then give them a quote after that because I need to you know, get measurements and take photos and in some cases if it's so far away then they'll just send me everything I need to give them a rough quote and mm-hmm. uh, and then after they if they approve the quote and I want to go for design uh, then I ask for a retainer like I give them an invoice uh, to do mm-hmm. design work mm-hmm. and then during the and then I include like with that uh, design fee it includes like up to depending on the size of the project like I'll say or who I'm dealing with um, up to two or three rounds of revision mm-hmm. I didn't usually say that before but I found that there was one client that made me revise it 12 times and I was Jeez. like well you know I, I'm not gonna like let this happen again yeah <laughs> so after that, I, I I put in all in the thing, like in writing, that it includes this much revision. So if you're going to mm-hmm. change it more, it's going to be extra. So uh, and usually, like they they're happy with it the first round. Like it just needs maybe a few minor edits. Um, but every now and then, you know, depending, like especially if there's too many cooks, like like if there's too many people having to agree on the design, mm-hmm. then usually you end up having to do more revisions because it's like you're trying to please too many people who are in charge but anyway so yeah so that's the process and then um and then after the design is finally approved then I uh, ask for a 50 percent deposit of the agreed like total amount that we went over in the beginning uh, mm-hmm. and then I book the time get the materials and then I ask for the remaining 50 percent after it's done um gotcha. I don't really so you know do, like three payments so you get payment for like this the ideas and sketches and then Sorry? you do I said so you do it kind of like three payments from the client so you get like oh yeah yes. sorry okay. <laughs> yeah I thought you said free free payment so I was like what oh no three <laughs> the number is three yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just a phone connection I guess um yeah so I'm I'm not sure, to be honest, if that's like the best method or, and, you know, I don't use a contract only a couple of times where it was like a very kind of like a very bureaucratic, I guess, or like big kind of client, like where they require that kind of thing and they required insurance and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a contract, but I don't usually do that. I know I should. Really? 
Yeah, I just, for me, the deposit is my, like, safety <laughs> net or whatever. But, yeah, I know that's not a good thing because, like, what if they cancel even, like, after I've started painting? Or, mm-hmm. Well, or they I don't want know. stuff I... from you afterwards. And, girl, you should totally have yeah. a, an agreement for all of those. Yeah, <laughs> those I know. Products. Yeah, and also <laughs> the payment structure. Like, some people, like, like, you know, in the case where I've been given money, like a, um, like it was like a city funded thing. They, the way mm-hmm. they do payments is that they actually pay you way more upfront and then you mm-hmm. only, it's only like a little bit at the end. So, but right. I just haven't done that with clients because I guess I'm afraid of like scaring them off by like get asking for too much upfront. So I don't know, this has been like sort of the comfortable way to do it so far. Mm-hmm. But definitely at least getting a deposit in the beginning is being huge for me because it allows me to design without like that kind of panicky feeling deep down like this might all be for nothing or yeah I mean even if it does not get used at least I was paid for you my time paid. that's like yeah. yeah so interesting that you do three payments and you don't just um like have like the 50 percent and like it, within that 50% is like you doing um, like the first initial deposit, like you doing the sketches and then they approving and then starting. So you actually like have the, the sketching and idea phase be totally separate. And then should they want to move yeah. forward, then you go into like the quote or estimate of the actual full mural project. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I've always done like just 50, 50 and even, uh, I told you that I spoke with uh, Allison Human before you, and she yeah. does the three payment um, typically too. It's what she was saying. So that's interesting. Um, oh. So do you get everybody like every? So the way you get like your business is mostly just people coming to you, or do you do any marketing or outreach, or like is it kind of a combination, or are you kind of just at this place where people come to you? Um, well, so far it's been people coming to me. Um, through either a client referral, you know, like word of mouth, or they've seen a work somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I'm in an area where, like, the cities around me are growing pretty quickly. And it, it's sort of like, it's not, basically, a lot of the artists here, like, are all known, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, I don't know, that's just my theory, anyway, that, <laughs> like, I feel like if I was in a crazy huge city, like, you know, or, like, New York or something, it would take a lot more time to, kind of, <laughs> to gain, uh, like, recognition. I don't know, that's just, like, in yeah. the I don't know if that's true or not, maybe I'm just being silly, but, but anyways, um, yeah, I just found that, um, there's not that much of like a street art or public art scene here until like in recent years. So um, like if you're into murals or interested in looking for a mural, like, uh, and you Googled like muralist kitchen or like I'll probably come up, you know, like not just me, a whole bunch of other people, but mm-hmm. you know, like there's not that many murals and, or, I guess now there are, but this has kind of really been more so in the last like two years, honestly, like there wasn't much happening before that there was, it was just like few and far between. So it's kind of like I'm right place at the right time. 
So I think gotcha. that's part of it. Um, but yeah, so I haven't really ha done any outreach. Like the only thing is that I think has helped that I'm doing actively is just, you know, trying to keep my social media up to date. Mm -hmm. um, and every now and then going to like events to network and meet people. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I just, you know, being part of connected to the community and people that have influence and potential future clients or people that could connect me to future clients. So like networking has been important for that. Um, what kind of events do you go to? Oh, uh, well, for example, they have a yearly event uh, in Kitchener called startups and beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and it's like for charity too. Uh, there's a lot of tech companies in the area I'm, oh, I live in. Um, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, it was where Blackberry started. Like there's that kind of uh, oh. a lot of startups and that kind of uh, environment. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then naturally like, you know, there's Google offices here and stuff like that. So they offices always want murals. And so mm -hmm. uh, that has been helpful in one sense, but I also interested in murals for, like I've had a variety of clients. It's not just offices, but that's just one kind of aspect of it. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then just, so there was that one. And then there's um, like, you know, uh, a festival kind of thing or like a music event or uh, sometimes just going to those things helps making connections that's cool yeah i find that like um you know it's something that our listeners can take from this is like going to events not necessarily like around creativity but going to events where like you know where your future clients might be used to like tech startups obviously there's you know owners yeah. of offices and companies and they have connections and you a yeah. lot of different types of people go to like music festivals and that and stuff too so you never know who you can meet there so i think that's a really cool yeah. share like i've been to a couple gallery type stuff too but it's like weird mm -hmm. i find that it's like those for some reason at those places i don't know like how to connect as well because i don't mm -hmm. know it's like there's in other situations, it's just more social and like organic. And then, so it's not necessarily like obvious how that might amount to anything, but I don't go into thinking like, oh, I need to get a job out of this either. It's just more right. about connecting people. Cause I feel like, like I, I've met people, you know, a lot now through Instagram and stuff, but mm -hmm. it's not the same as when you meet them in real life. Like, yeah, I, I just don't want to rely too much on, you know, the, Instagram, like, like, I don't even know how long it'll last, you know, like, I know, become like MySpace or whatever. Like, I, <laughs> I hope not, though. <laughs> I, I hope not. But too. you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think being yeah. um, like working for an architecture firm, um, like has given you leverage or connections too? I know you mentioned earlier about like, somebody connected you with like a developer. And so like, they oh. had you do stuff, you know, is that like, um, do you think that's something yeah, that actually. artists should be thinking about, like connecting with architecture firms and developers? Like, how does that work? Since you like worked for the company, you know, you, you understand how that works as um, a lot of your projects come out from that experience or anything you can add? I know that there? is so true. Um, I didn't think to mention that, but that's very true. It really helps to know and to have good relationships with designers because a lot of times, like especially interior designers, I'd say, because they, 
they'll want to spec a mural artwork. And a couple of times, um, because there was an interior designer I met here in KW, who not really through my work though, I just happened to have made the connection actually indirectly because she did work with my husband who if we he didn't go to architecture school that wouldn't have happened and whatever so anyway so she knew of me and then she referred me to one of her clients uh, mm -hmm. a few times so a few times mm -hmm. she'll like send them um my portfolio and they ended up hiring me thanks to her so i think it does really help to know um like to know interior designers and architects and I mean, I have a lot of a lot of my friends, basically, like my really good friends are all architects because I, I went to architecture school <laughs> yeah. um, and they're always trying to like, you know, put in a word for me or like, you know, for, oh, that's cool. work for. yeah, like I, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anything that actually happened that way, but, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it definitely helped. Um, is that something uh, that they look for? Because I know you said like um, you got jealous because they were like looking for artists to hire and stuff. Is that like something that um, like architecture firms do and look, are constantly in the need of or look for? Uh, not usually. It really depends on the firm. Like the one that I happened mm -hmm. to work for was very, very much like artsy, like more involved in art and kind of bespoke, like weird kind of custom like not typical, not standard, say office designs or, or like condo buildings. It was more like, mm -hmm. like a weird nightclub with like a crazy theme or, oh, cool. or you know, funky okay. retail sorts. Yeah. So they, they're kind of the type of work they did really lent itself to that. So it really depends on the individual firm or what kind of projects they work on. Um, um, I'd say another thing that, oh, I kind of lost my there was something I did. Was that my fault? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's not okay. your, it's, Architecture, um, developers, um, Oh, yeah, like one of my best friends works for a developer. So that's like, he was, he went to architecture school too. Um, hmm. That was that like, so while I was in school, like, that was that one of my very first like paid mural jobs. Like it wasn't like huge because it was like my first one, but that definitely helped. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think those connections are very important. Um, and actually, honestly, I think connecting with other artists is important. Like yeah. rather than seeing them like competition, because I think that you just like support each other and sometimes even refer people to each other like like I got an inquiry recently actually but I don't think it's suitable for me I don't feel like the style they want fits me so I'm thinking of actually telling them you know what I think you should connect with this artist like I think they'd be yeah. much better fit than me so I mean so I think that like that could work um I don't know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's um, a really good thing that you you shared because I think sometimes we think that oh we need to have, you know we have our ego we need to keep all, everything to ourselves and it's just like no like we're a community like we can stand strong and rise together and like help yeah. each other and collaborate with each other and refer business to each other like 
outside of the creative world like that's how other businesses work they thrive off of referrals and like you know even if you think about doing like even if it's like a referral free a referral fee like a lot of businesses get income that way where they rely just on referrals like people who are good networkers and they get a fee for referring business to that company and it's like why can't you know, artists do the same, you know, or they don't even have to do like a referral yeah. fee, but it's just like, you know, there's op- different ways that you can collaborate and work with other creatives so that everybody wins and everybody can get like the piece of exactly. the pie, you know? Well, actually my husband and his, um, he has a design and like sort of maker design build type business and mm-hmm. his, he shares a shop with a sign maker. And I just feel like that's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Like, yeah. They, get each other jobs all the time and like collaborate or refer jobs to each other. And I just think like them being in the same space has helped both of them. Yeah. And that's how like a lot of businesses thrive because you have something that complements what the other business does. And then you kind of, you create those joint ventures and those joint relationships yeah. and see how you can oh, like go together. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I just thought, um, sorry, I just remembered from what you were just saying, this, like the sign maker he like he was doing a sign for a cafe and then mm-hmm. they they said they needed a mural and then that's how I got a mural like ah. another person so I think any kind of creative <laughs> really so it's not even necessarily yeah. your designers it's just anyone in the field I guess <laughs> right that can like yeah. if you're like a muralist like for you you know it's just like anybody in the field you know that knows people but even more specifically that you know work and deal with other businesses who have walls or like are yeah. building stuff or customizing yeah. things oh i remember interesting them. i remembered what i blanked out before <laughs> go ahead um, share I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um you were asking if i had done any outreach and i guess one form of that i did was there was this organization in toronto uh where they do mural um work on construction hoarding like they get it printed but then they're also connected to this other public art initiative so basically i uh, applied to be it's basically like being on their roster of artists Mm -hmm. so um that has been good like as a networking thing getting my name out there and i got a couple of opportunities through them uh that way too so that's another thing i'd recommend like artists starting out to try to find any kind of um, uh, organizations like that, even if they're like not for profit, just um, that who are focused on kind of getting gaining artists and getting involved in public art. Because then if you can make mm. a connection with them, that that could lead to some work too, especially for like, yeah. you know, they do things like laneway festivals, with laneway art and stuff like that. That's so cool. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, so I think really what everyone can take away from this is just like, you got to network, collab with other artists, be smart about your relationships and like put yourself out there, you know, and continually, continuously like build those like good relationships and talk to people. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are probably thinking too, like, okay, so you shared a lot about how you, you can get your clients. You know, that's always like the big question for like, like, how do yeah. I get work? How do I get people to buy my stuff? How do I get projects booked? That's always something that has the question in my head. Um, when yeah. I see other artists, I'm like, hey, how do they get that or do that? Or what, you know, so it's really cool to see, you know, your path and how you've been able to do that. 
Um, and the next most asked question is like, okay, well now I got the project, like what do I charge for it? So interested, like what's your method for pricing your services, um, whether it's commissions or murals? Uh, well, to be honest, I'm still trying to perfect my, I don't, I'm constantly changing my method, but yeah. um, I, yeah, it's been a learning curve. I mean, I, I've been doing this like a couple of years, so I don't feel like it's like that long to like mm -hmm. have like it completely down, like amazing. But one thing that I've done uh, more recently that has really helped me um, is I started taking like keeping a spreadsheet like on Excel um, exactly everything I did for a project so yeah how much I spent on materials how much how many hours I spent um, mm -hmm. uh, any assistant if I hired an assistant how many hours they spent um, travel like all that stuff but then I mean Which I have, you should like, be doing <laughs> yes I, I like was documenting that yeah like I was just roughly estimating and like, and like, as I did the project, I'm like, yeah, like this is going like what I expected or, or not, or, mm -hmm. you know, but I wasn't like keeping note of everything. And then I mm -hmm. found that like, no, I really ne do need to, because then I have a sort of summary spreadsheet now, but it doesn't have enough projects on there, unfortunately, because I didn't keep track of it. But I found that now I can sort of sort it according to say size. That's the main mm -hmm. thing because I can't, I can't just charge for me anyway. I can't just charge a price per square foot because there's so many other factors that affect it. So, so it's not like just proportional to the size. Like if there's also say if it's like a tall one or if it's indoors versus outdoors or right. what they're looking for, like how colorful they want it or if there's going to be a lot of taping involved or, or, um, you know like how detailed or all the details yeah yeah or, or how accessible the wall is like, like <laughs> is there an obstruction or i have to like work around some awkward like lead oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like things like that so um what i started to do is the more like the more projects i add to that spreadsheet the more i can start seeing like trends or I, I start to have a better idea. So it's like, oh, I, I need to quote a 300 square foot wall. I have no idea like how long will that take me? Or I mean, I do, I estimate and then I kind of write it down and then I compare it like, oh, so this project I think will be very similar to this one. Mm -hmm. Like how long did I spend on that? It's like, oh, mm -hmm. but yeah, like I did spend longer because of this and that. So I'll take that into account. You know, I don't know. It's like, mm -hmm. it's very like, it's not like a science, no, that's good. but um, basically that's the way I'm working right now. It's like for everything I'm quoting, I try to be as accurate as possible in estimating how long it'll take me and the materials. It's just, it's very hard, <laughs> but I think yeah. I'm getting better. Um, I do think I'm getting better. And what I do now too, is that I add like a buffer, like, I give myself room for things or contingency. Things to I go think. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because there's things always, to take longer. always something that goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> With, without fail, there's always something unexpected, <laughs> just something on site or something. Just the paint didn't turn out or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's something I do now as well. 
Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I know when I was, when I do murals, I like take notes in my phone. It's not in the Excel, but I'm like, okay, day one, like, this is like what I worked on. Like I worked on the background and like the outline of a face or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, this was like six hours. And then like, I kind of keep track of that. And then that has helped me like understand like how long it takes me to do certain things or it's like oh if I needed to do more detail here like I probably would have needed an extra day but thankfully they didn't need that you know so I think that's really cool at least like you're taking note of it because it's something you don't want to like waste your time in the future and you want to be able to charge you know for your time and your talent and whatever how you value yourself do you um go ahead sorry oh I was gonna say like yeah, I'm really trying to do that. Um, it was kind of a bit scary when I, I, you know, I had the whole spreadsheet there and then I calculated basically according to how long I spent and my materials, how much I should have charged versus how much yeah. I charged. Um, uh-huh. So I found that it was kind of all over the map. So some of them I'm like, oh, I actually did well on this one. Um, and then the other ones are like, wow, I should have charged way more. So yeah. It's weird, but like now I'm realizing like, oh, this one took longer because I didn't take this into account. So now I know for next time. So I'm trying to just be positive about it and just learn. I just don't want to mm-hmm. make the same mistakes, uh, repeat the same mistakes too much. But um, but yeah, rather yeah. than feeling like hard on myself about it, it's like, well, it's not like they're, I went to school for like <laughs> mural, learning a mural business. So <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> yeah, only way to learn is by doing <laughs> exactly. exactly and hopefully you know and that's a big reason why like I started this podcast and kind of format it in this way is like I you can find information about artists and their work and their story but like you still have so many questions about like how do they, how are they doing it like how are they doing the money thing like how are they doing like the business thing how are they figuring like these things out like these are the same questions creatives and yeah. artists keep asking but no one's answering them so <laughs> yeah you know and there's it's no like school for it really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hearing from other people it's like it's so so helpful would you be open to sharing like how much you charge like for per square footage or like how much you used to so like how much you do now now that you've had a lot of work under your belt um well the per square foot has really ranged like it's ranged from like like the largest wall was like only like like way like earlier on in my career it was like five dollars a square foot and then oh wow and then like smaller walls which were more detailed like were like thirty five dollars a square foot like mm-hmm. so that's sort of how I would say that's the range it's been so far like my I usually like try to give myself an hourly of like. 60 well earlier it was like 60 now I'm like I've increased it a bit from that yeah Um, for sure I'm trying to be mindful of like the market where I am too and like how much people are expecting to pay here Mm because I'm like it's probably a lot different than like in LA or New York for example right so that's the other thing too like um so that's where I'm at right now obviously I want to be charging more, but I think it's just a growth thing. It just has to be like. Step well, I think step. 35, you know, per square foot is still like, like a pretty good range. I know a lot of artists consider that to be like, you know, more of the premium side of it. So 
Yeah, well, that's not the typical, like that would be for like a smaller wall and if it's like more detailed. So like a really kind of ranges, probably like the 20 to 30. Yeah. So I'm more like, I just calculate, like I haven't been doing it by square foot. I just kind of like see what that is after the fact. I don't know if that's good or not, but but what I do is I just (laughs) calculate my materials and I calculate an hourly that I'm okay with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I find that it amounts to that in the end per square foot like like so it's usually in, somewhere in between like I'd say around the 20 like 20 or or between more often it's like between 13 and 20 mm. per square foot I'd say because like just because mm-hmm. I don't most just judging by the size of the murals I've done yeah I'd say it's like 15 or 18 or 20 um yeah, it's only the really big ones that are lower or the really small ones that are higher. So, yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Well, thank you for being open and transparent and sharing that. I know a lot of creatives don't like talking about the money, but I think that's why so many creatives do struggle is that a lot of people like want to, you know, hoard their knowledge and experience. And I think it's helping the community more when you're sharing like numbers and stuff because other businesses do it. You know, it's like, why are we so like secretive? And like, I understand like from um, a certain view of like, you don't want other companies to say, see, you know, if you're working like based off of budget, you don't want other companies to like, hey, you did the same type of project for this amount that you're wanting to do, you know, for a hire with us and yeah. things like that. But um, yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that and being open and transparent about that. Oh, well, no worries. Um, well, the thing, it's just tricky with art because the value it really depends on the level like the experience level of the artist too like mm-hmm, for and sure like the more your name gets out there and like the more there's there's more value to like not that yeah I feel like that I don't know how else to describe it but yeah like so and and so I'm realizing that too like it's not just about how much hours I put in I have to think about what value the work brings and like say something takes like you know the more experienced you are for example it'll take you less time to do something but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you charge less you charge exactly it took you a long time to get to that point so Mm -hmm. you're actually gonna like charge more and more um and you know I'm not like an international artist yet so like whatever I'm charging is not going to be as much as like a more renowned artist right Mm-hmm. So that's why I think in the art world, it's like so hard to like talk about prices because it really is so much to take into account. And it's also it your is. location um, mm-hmm. as well. But it's good yeah. to at least just hear it and have that some sort of reference. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, because it's not like you're just saying you, you, you provided us with context around everything. And you know, uh-huh. that's just not like the, the set yeah. in stone thing. There's other factors into it, but it's helpful just to know at least that, that little detail of it. Um, what would you say your your biggest like highest paying project was like what was that and who was it for and did you actually like enjoy doing it um I would say one of them would be uh it was this for this developer in Cambridge um they were renovating this big redevelopment of this old sort of heritage building and then turning them into co-working spaces and offices Mm-hmm. Um, and they hired me to do like six different murals in there, so that was wow. Like, sort of that's the biggest cool. like con- contract I had with one client. Was that fun? Did you enjoy it? 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I liked it. Um, it was challenging a bit because there were some construction issues uh, mm-hmm. for one of them. But but uh, the site super I was dealing with was really great. They were very organized. Um, they were just very strict about like one of the murals I did in there. Um, it was very tall but narrow, and um, there was basically like it's two stories, but then there was this uh, partial floor kind of going through it. I don't know how to describe it, but they didn't <laughs> Just like have a, a complicated room. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a guardrail basically. So when I wanted to stand on that level to work on the top part, like on the one side of it, they mm-hmm. they wouldn't allow me unless I was tied in, which was really shitty because <laughs> like, it, I felt like like a, I felt like a dog, like I was being, like being tugged, <laughs> like I had you know my harness and everything. Yeah, like, like the harness. I think I saw pictures from that. <laughs> yeah, like that. That was really it. Just made it so much harder, and it was so hot, and there wasn't AC, and it was, um, <sighs> you know, because the construction, I was just melting away. <laughs> yeah. But I'd say that was the only part that wasn't like the greatest, but other than mm-hmm. that. It was, uh, it was, it was a worth great it. Experience. Yeah. That's cool. Would you be open to sharing what um, you ended up, uh, what, how much the deal was for that? Um, no, okay. <laughs> not for that one. No, because it's like, okay. I don't know. It's just the, I don't want people in case they know about that project. Like, yeah, to know. <laughs> no worries. Just figured yeah. I'd ask. <laughs> cool. Do you um have any like, uh, people that work for you? Do you have any assistants? Um, I know you've mentioned several times about like hiring like assistant when you work on murals. Is that the only time you have help? Yeah. Um, uh, so far, yeah. I don't have anyone full time. Um, it's just if I am in a rush or, you know, something's time sensitive, um, I'll hire an assistant if they're available. Um, mm-hmm. Or sometimes my husband, because he's also my business partner, um, and we help each other out with projects when needed so he's helped me out a bunch too like not necessarily like like usually when I get help it's not for the entirety of the mural like it's just for like a couple days or a specific task like say I need to do a chalk line and you need two people um Mm -hmm. or uh, because he's got a big van um and I have a little (laughs) car so sometimes if I don't I can't fit everything in my car then he'll help out like just for supplies and stuff too so um cool Eventually, I want to get, I want to have a truck or something that's easier for transporting stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like I can transport my ladder and stuff, but I can't, like, say, bring scaffolding or, or really. I'm trying to like, bring the like, whole like, thing. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would like to eventually have, you know, a full-time assistant, but I, I don't think I'm there yet mm-hmm. uh, at this point, uh, especially because, um, there's like uh, ups and downs in terms of like how busy I am like with installs there's a lot of time spent preparing designing and so those times I don't really know like what my assistant would do <laughs> you know gotcha. like I'm, I'm just doing design work so it's kind of tricky like I'm not exactly do sure you have, how to go about it do you have like a daily routine like what does that look no. like no everything's different <laughs> I, Every well, the only thing that's consistent is that I have to have coffee when I wake <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, I have coffee um, and I just 
relax. Like I don't, I need to spend like, I usually spend the first couple hours doing like uh, emails, things like that. And just chilling before mm -hmm. I get like heavy into like work or before gotcha. you know, doing design or painting and things like that. Yeah. Uh, what would you <laughs> do say? You do I have a routine? Um, well, it kind of, it does vary, but typically I wake up like around seven and then like I kind of like, you know, take a shower, I walk my dogs, take them out, it might eat something or just kind of chill. And mm -hmm. then um, usually I do a lot of like the computer work. Um, mm -hmm. So like emails, like doing whatever tasks that needs to be done. Um, I also help my husband with uh, the branding company that we had created together. So I hop in and do oh, stuff cool. if he needs help with that. And then, cool. yeah, and then I do art stuff, but it's kind of like different, like you said, like every day, but for the most part, I mean, the first, the main, like during the working hours, it's kind of like the, the work, so to speak, but the work itself could be lots of different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's nice though, because like, you know, having the flexible schedule, you get to kind of, if you do want to take a break, you can take a break if you need to go and run out and you know do adulting and like get groceries and stuff like gotta do that yeah. too you know <laughs> so yeah that's kind of like I mean, how, yeah. how my days look sometimes it's yeah. tempting to just like not be productive but then I get really mad at myself when that happens so I try to like structure yeah. myself as much as I can but yeah I wish I could be one of those people that like wakes up at six in the morning and goes for a jog but I'm just not one of those people that's my husband he used to wake <laughs> up at like four in the morning and like work out and like, like work do uh. some work while everybody was sleeping like now he'll wake up around like six and then like he'll either go to the gym or he'll just get work done but then sometimes he'll come back to bed and then like wake up when I wake up so that's so funny <laughs> he's, he's like the morning person and I'm like I, I like being up late usually so yeah same <laughs> <laughs> um what would you say one of the biggest mistakes is that you've made in you know your art business and how did you grow from it well I guess I, I touched on it before um was it that one was, like doing design work for free mm. um but also doing design work without even establishing what even the price would be like mm. that was even worse like um like that was even earlier <laughs> um and then also starting a mural without a deposit so I had done for like when I had just quit my job one of the first murals I did um I designed it for free they, but they you know they liked it I wanted to move forward so I started painting it you know bought my paint and everything no deposit at all I just trusted that they would pay me <laughs> and oh, no they paid me a third of what they owed me um, and then like just didn't pay me. <laughs> oh no. They, they, uh, they went bankrupt and like they were owing a lot of people money and just yeah. I, I got tired of like bugging them about paying me that it's just never gonna happen. So I mean that was a few years ago but that was definitely like uh, like a city lesson or like learning the hard way. <laughs> yeah um, yeah so I was like never again <laughs> oh man so, yeah I mean I yeah. think we all go through something just like that and then you learn never again and then you know you keep growing yeah. and learning from it <laughs> yeah 
Um, how do you think we as a creative community can annihilate the status quo of the starving artists? Hmm. Um, well, I think maybe just opening our minds up to the idea that like a career or like a creative career in art isn't just like necessarily having to be in a gallery and like have paintings on canvas. Mm -hmm. Not that it, there's anything wrong with that. I love that. But I mean, I think some people have this idea that that's the only way they can like make a career out of their love of art. And I think mm -hmm. there's just so many ways you can do it now, like um, so many different creative outlets and artists are needed and just so many aspects of life. Like it's not just paintings on a wall for decoration, but you need creative people's input for like all kinds of things like products yeah. or camp social media campaigns or, or just, I don't know, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, so I just think kind of just keeping an open mind and being positive rather than deciding from the beginning that you're doomed. I think that'll change that I, that kind of fear of the starving artist because you're not going into it already ready to fail. And then when yeah. you go into it with a positive open mind, then it'll definitely lead to stuff, um, especially if you're passionate about it. I think that's what, when you pursue, you know, passion projects, they usually lead to like the paid projects after that. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's so true. So we're coming up to the end of our our chat, and um, just a couple more questions I'd love to ask. Um, one, if you don't mind touching on this, do you use any like business resources or apps or tools? Like, do you have any favorite ones that you use like consistently that help you, you know, run your business or help with any art projects? Yeah, I use uh, Procreate um, on my iPad to do a lot of design work, uh, Photoshop, mm -hmm. Illustrator, uh, sometimes AutoCAD. Um, oh. uh, yeah, if, I, if things need to get like cut accurately on a machine, for example, um, or I'm dealing with multiple walls, sometimes I even model it digitally on SketchUp uh, to get a feel for 3D. Um, and for business management, I use a software to do accounting that's uh, free. Uh, I guess it's available in US, I think, or is it just Canadian? I don't know. It's called Wave. <laughs> just share it. Wave? <laughs> oh, Wave, yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, there's a lot of them out there. Wave is not the only one. Uh, I think mm. there's QuickBooks as well. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and they have different pricing plans, different features, but I found it very helpful for bookkeeping, uh, keeping track of everything. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, um, those are all good tools. I want to get, I don't have like an iPad, but I've been seeing a lot more like artists like using Procreate and on their iPad and like doing their like sketches and art on there and stuff. I'm like, ah, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. It's very intuitive too. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so what's next for you and where can our listeners find you and follow you? Um, well, my Instagram is at Steph Futari, S-T-E-P-H-B-O-U-T-A-R-I. And my website is uh, stephaniebutari.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Steph Butari. Awesome. And do you have any exciting projects coming up? Um, potentially, they're not confirmed, but I'm waiting for feedback from a few clients for some large outdoor 
uh, works in Cambridge. So fingers crossed. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to get it. I'm sure it'll work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to share before uh, you leave our listeners? Don't play the comparison game. I mm. that's uh, I for me that has been so important. That's something I, I challenge. I'm challenged with. Sometimes I spend too much mental energy comparing myself to other people, and mm-hmm. I think it's really good to just uh, not to doubt whatever you're doing and not to feel pressured by like ideas of what you think you should be doing and just trust your trust yourself more I mean I'm saying this because I need to do this more (laughs) uh, (laughs) taking um, your own advice (laughs) yeah so that's something I would suggest to anyone new to the game as well so awesome well Stephanie thank you so much for sharing everything and being so open and honest Um, I really really appreciate your time thank you thanks so much for having me If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and 5 ways to boost your online sales PDFs. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.